no, but it's generating $25,000 a month. And I'm going, yeah, I don't reckon you're making any money. And so we did the exercise and they were losing $800 a month. Oh, So they may have been making, taking $25,000, but they were making zero. They were going backwards. Welcome to the Hustle Rebellion Show. We are on a mission to prove that being busy all the time does not always lead to success. We are business owners who are ready to stop wasting energy so we can be more productive. This podcast will give you the steps to stop hiding behind the hustle so you can start living the life you want. I'm your host, Heather Porter. Welcome back, you guys. It is episode 41, and we have another amazing guest for you. So a little bit of backstory about Michelle. She's been in business for over 20 years and marketing for nearly 30 Guys, ever heard of the Gaia Natural Baby brand? I don't know if you have. If you're in Australia, you might have. So she was the co-founder, you guys, of Gaia. It's an iconic Australian baby skincare brand that was started in a kitchen in 20 or 2002, I should say. Guys, she built it from the ground up to leading a team with 15 plus employees, distributors and agents, distributing around the world in over 20 countries becoming one of the highest selling baby skincare ranges in Australia, and then sold in over 5,000 physical outlets. It had a product selling on the retail shelves every 13 seconds. And then from there, multi-award winning brand. And after a 17-year journey, eventually sold Gaia in 2019. So Michelle Bogrenek now currently works with small to medium-sized business owners and solopreneurs, as you guys will hear, as a coach, mentor, educator, and supporter, assisting them with business growth planning, marketing strategies, and tactics to help them build trusted brands and long-term, and I'll stress, profitable businesses that they enjoy and love working with. We have such a cool chat around data and numbers. And even if you're like, I hate numbers, they stress me out. It's such a great conversation. I think it's going to totally open your eyes to perhaps holes in your business or ways to remove stress just through understanding your metrics and kind of what's going on under the hood of your business, so to speak. So you guys, let's bring Michelle onto the show. Michelle, I'm so happy that you are on the show. Welcome. How's it all going? Thank you for having me. Oh, it's good. It's a beautiful day here in Melbourne in the middle of winter. We've got sunshine, so I'm a happy girl whenever that happens. You have such a good view. You guys have to watch the video version of this episode so you can see her view. It's so good. And she's standing so she can have like the best energy to have a conversation. So, Michelle, the listeners always know that I like to just get straight into the points, some really great hacks and tips, and then we're going to go more into you and what you do with people. So we're going to start with three tips that you use either in your own business or with the business owners that you work with on how to grow a business without all that sort of stressful hustle grind cycle that we can get into. The hustle, stress and grind is something that I really know well and you know went through an adrenal meltdown because of it. So this is definitely an area that is important for people going forward. And I think that three top tips for that would be to be in the present moment of where you are. We spend so much time looking forward to where we want to go. And we have this idea in our mind, I want to go there and that's the only place I can get to. And that's to be fluid with that as well. So learning how to roll with the punches and just work through problems and develop grit in those areas is to me, I think the biggest gift I gave myself is being able to 
roll with everything and know that there's always five different ways to go about getting to that end goal and allow that to sort of happen. That's the first thing for me. The second thing is to create some downtime for thinking. My girls used to come into the office and find me laying on the floor with my feet in the air and they're like, what are you doing? I'm thinking and allow that thinking to come through. So, and I know these sound quite basic, but these are the things that bring your brain back down into a very nice, calm and relaxed state so you can make the best decisions for yourself and reward yourself. So when you do something or you have a goal in mind and you achieve it, I'd love for you to go back at the end of the month or each month I do this and go, what did I do well this month? And you'd be surprised when you start to write them down where you start to go, wow, I did a lot this month instead of thinking, gosh, I'm not getting all this stuff done and I've got so much going on and all of those things. Just by reviewing what you've done and saying, well, and I'm going to go and have a coffee this week with my girlfriend or I'm going to go to a spa or I'm going to do something to reward myself. That momentum of how you feel in your esteem and your calmness and all those things. So not rocket science, but things that are really helpful. But important, important to know. And I want to give context to your background as well, because you had, right, quite a large business before <laughs> you're doing what you do now. What did you used to do? I know, but tell everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the co-creator and founder of Gaia Natural Baby Skincare. So we took a, a product from the inception and creation stage right through to scale, sale, grow, stress, and sell. So it was over a 17-year period. Very stressful in there, heartwarming, amazing as well. There was lots and lots of good things in there. Wow. Like, that's huge. <laughs> like, that's huge. And how long ago did you end up selling? 2019, we sold the business. And I moved then into a sort of, actually stood there one day and went, what the hell am I going to do now? I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. So it was a really interesting time and transition and people that sort of look at this side of things and and I'm really big on the hustle side of things. And you get to the top of this goal that you had and you expect this marching band and this ticker parade and all these things to happen. And it doesn't, (laughs) it doesn't actually happen. So, you know, that was a really um, big deal for me at the end of that, sort of not knowing what I was going to do and, and how to walk into that next phase of and phase of my life. So talk to me about the next phase. First of all, did you take any time off after it or did you just go straight into something else? We sold to a distributor. So the handover was very quick. Yeah. I think it was a month that I was able to then hand over and then be free. And I remember the Monday morning going, there's no emails, there's no messaging, there's no social media. And I stood there going, I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah. <laughs> Because it was go, go, go for a very long time. When I started getting phone calls from people saying, oh, can I have a coffee with you? Or how much is it for your time for an hour? Or can you help me with this? Or, and how much is services? And so I kind of fell into where I am now. And then I realized how much I loved it. I have done mentoring over a 10-year period as a voluntary thing with certain organizations and so forth with different businesses. So it's something that I've done, but I thought I'd never really thought about uh, doing it from this perspective and I just had the demand. So here I am today now working through as a business and marketing strategy coach and also looking at wealth creation for the long term for business owners because a lot of business owners don't think past that moment of sale. So now I'm working with a great group of people in being able to educate people on how to go, you know what, this is where my business is now. I want to be there in 15 years and what are the steps I need to take to make sure I've got wealth beyond just selling my business. And you built your own business from, you know, inception yeah. all the way through to the sale and now after. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, could anyone else walk their talk more? <laughs> <laughs> 
it's fun I love watching them make change and and being part of that their business yeah. vicarious joy it's called so where you're watching someone and all of a sudden they're messaging me saying oh this is the problem I've got today but this is how I'm handling it and this is how I'm managing it what do you think and I'm like happy days this is great like they're learning how to do the things themselves and working with strategy and because I'm quite quite busy brain so I love to be resourceful and think about things so being able to problem solve is awesome with my clients now do you work one-on-one or do group or both I do one-on-one at the moment so I work one-on-one with my clients now it's my preferred method of working with someone because I can get quite intimate with them I get down in the mud with them as well so I'm in there sort of day to day I have an unlimited support capacity so we're sort of working through things as they come along we also do guest work so I'm a, a guest in a lot of different masterminds that's more group focused excellent and working that capacity there I keep getting asked to create groups, but I just <laughs> prefer the one-on-one. I like the intimate setting with my clients. I get to know them really, really well, and we work through stuff together. So, yeah. I think that's so smart, though. The conversations I have with people on this podcast, so many people say you just have to really know when to say yes and when to say no, and really, truly listen to your heart and know what you like. Mm. So it makes sense. If that's not for you, you know, don't do it. <laughs> yeah. So question for you then. I want to hear how you work with your clients mm-hmm. now. So if you could think of a case study relatively recent, happy for you to do shout out if you want, up to you. But (laughs) talk me through the before and after of this person that you've helped. So one of the businesses that I helped more recently over the last 12 months would have been Nat Chop Research. So she had a business called Life of Char. It was a tea business and she came to me saying, I want to get wholesale in place. I think that'll help solve all my problems. And I sort of went, oh, okay. (laughs) So do you know your margins? Do you know where you want to go? So what we did was have a look at where her business was then. And during the course of our discussions and conversations, she'd actually said, I really like this automation side of things and look what I've been able to do. And I'm looking at her automation going, that is mind-blowing the way you've been able to put together you know these inquiries all came in and they all spat out into this database then this was an automatic reply and all these things happened and I was like wow I break tech so when that happened I was really excited yeah yeah. she's like doing this sort of stuff kept talking over the course of time and she was sort of when we went through the wholesale side of things we got her margins right her pricing right we did a little bit of a map of where she was now what the possibilities are where do we want to go and how do we want to go about it so we put the strategy together there and some tactics and she said one day I think I'm going to do the automation thing and I think I want to sell okay <laughs> so interesting so yeah so we then put together what it would look like for her to become a consultant and what she could put together and what her strengths were, how she could go about it, and where she would go from there. So she sold Life of Chat, and she's now Brand Nat. So if you look out for Brand Nat on socials, yeah, we went from that transition to Life of Chat into Brand Nat, and now she's happy as a piggy mud doing what she loves and in a space particularly where AI is really, really big and, and automation. And for me, people are going, yeah, just do this happier, just do this. I'm like, my brain doesn't go there. So she's trying to teach people and she's amazing. I've never met anyone that can do all that sort of stuff with the automation and the AI. So she's teaching people how to do that. So that's one client that I've worked with. How long did this period take, just so I know, of working with her? It was probably over a period of about so be 12, 16 to 18 weeks that we started doing and working through and then, you know, putting strategies together and then working across to brand net. Yeah. 
So you literally held her hand through the entire process and now helped her to find yeah. something that she absolutely loves. And that's really where her calling is. Yeah, and I love watching her now because we're not working together now. Yeah. She's like taken off like a rocket and I'm, I love it. And I say to people every wow. now and then that I'm talking to, you should follow Brandnet. She knows all of us. Oh, do follow Brandnet. And I'm like, yay. <laughs> I get really excited when they it's say It's like that. your little children that you put out into the world. You're like, go fly. <laughs> so good. Yeah. And she loves it and you can see how much she loves it it's really cool it's nice to be part of i'm really big about looking at what it is you love in your business and what you don't like and what it is you want to do in life you know i think you should live your best life and and if you can incorporate it all together and people sort of say keep business and personal separate but i'm like let's blend them together because they are together so let's blend them in a way that works for you and it's really lovely watching somebody love what they do and it's working for her exactly how she needs it to work. So, yeah. Oh, beautiful advice. I love it. Mm. So let's go a little bit deeper into strategy. We can talk about her as well if you want to go <laughs> there or just in general. What are a few strategies or sort of frameworks that you work on with your clients? So this is your time to teach and give ideas to the listeners. <laughs> so what I find is that a lot of people sort of turn around and say, I want to go wholesale. How do I go wholesale? Yeah. But I ask the questions about, in this space, number one, your margins and your costing and your pricing. Do you understand the margins that are required for you to get to where you need to be? So do you know your cost of doing business? And people are like, what's that? And I'm like, okay, your cost of doing business is the entire cost for you to run your business every single month. And then your cost of goods. Do you know what your cost of goods are? What's that? That's the cost it takes to make said product every time you make it. Plus I also whack the strike fees and everything else in there as well. Do you know what they are? No. Okay. So your retail price is over here. Where did you get to that retail price? Oh, I just went into a group one day and they said do two times the cost and four times for retail. I'm like, yeah. we're not going to do that. <laughs> we want data and we want to go by data. So getting yes. people to actually map out and go, right, this is exactly what we need to know about your pricing and factor everything in. And then your cost of doing business and then you add your percentage margin in there for your net profit or your gross profit as well. And understanding that process is to then knowing, right, well, if you want to go to Coles or you want to go to FMCG, which is all of your big majors, or do you want to just go to these people, we need to factor that in now. And they're like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, for example, Coles will want a, want a 2% discount for paying on time. I know, right? <laughs> paying on time. There's an agent's fee in there. Do you want an agent to go and sell into various stores or do you need a merchandiser or what is it that you require? We need to factor all those margins in. And most people are like, I didn't even know that. So by the time we factor all of them, we find that their wholesale price or their cost price is actually quite different to what they envisaged and they yeah. probably need to increase their retail price a little bit more to take into consideration the net profit that they're requiring. And they don't understand those things. So I try really hard to put it in simple terms for them and say, look, this is what you want to work through with that. So that's one section of it. The second section is the planning. So we know that if you're over here, so we look at where someone is and where they want to go, and then we kind of go, where's the gap? And we want to work yeah. that gap. Now, knowing that that gap may take eight years, it may take five years, we break that down into where we are now, where do you want to go, and what's required to get to that point. We map it out. When we create this little mind map with the business there and all the different factors that are required for this business to happen, and then we go and work through all these different sections. And so when we do that, we then break that down again into planning. So when we're planning, again, we try to keep it simple. We don't want a massive to-do list because that's overwhelming. 
This is what I want in the next six months to get to me closer to where. So it's like a stepping stone. Got it. So you need to do this first. Once that's achieved, next step. That's achieved, next step. And you can escalate that or de-escalate it depending upon your budget or your timing and all those sorts of things. So we work through those planning and we work through how to create a plan. And I also work with how people's brains work. Oh, okay. More on that, please. <laughs> yes. So as a dyslexic person, my brain works yeah. very, very differently to most people. I also think I sit quite high in the ADHD spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> so working out how somebody plans and how they actually take in information and process information is really important. So once we work out how their brain works, we then have a look at how we can set them up for success. So rather than looking at this system over here, which says, just follow ABC, you'll be fine. You've got it, which is a very linear way of doing it. And people are going, I can't do it that way. I can't do it that way. We work out the ways in which they can work best. And then we implement. So we get them then working and creating habits that support them as opposed to a structure or a system that's conventional. So we've got that in place, we start to action. We start to then take action, whether it's their marketing strategy, their sales strategy, their business strategy, we start to take action and implement little tactics and strategies for the next three to six months. And then we review and revise those. We check in each week. We go through them like that. So we just keep going. We just keep going. We just keep going along the way. And it's amazing, as is why I say look back, when you go, right, what did I get done last month? And you go, oh, I've got my pricing done. I understand my margins. I do this and I do this. And that's when you start realizing, yeah, I'm achieving. So that momentum starts to build and then people start to then have success. Hey, Hustle Rebels. Did you know this podcast is brought to you by Website Love? That's my business. To help you cut back on the busyness in your business, a good place to start is to get your foundations right. I have two gifts for you to help you get your website working better. Watch the video masterclass, six things your website needs to get more customers, or download the ultimate checklist, a 14-step plan to patch the leaks on your website. Just visit hustlerebellion.com now and scroll down to get access. Okay, I want to talk about two things from this conversation. (laughs) Number one, data, numbers. You keep talking about it. It's a theme. And to me, it makes a lot of sense because it actually is the root of helping you remove stress and overwhelm. Because if you can understand your numbers and understand how to read them, then you know what you need to do next, right? 100%. (laughs) Yes. And not many business owners do. They kind of go in there with this passion and they jump in boots and all and go, right, we're going to do this. We're going to make that happen. Or they compare themselves to someone that's been out there for a very long time and go, I'm going to do that in 12 months without really understanding how long that person's been out there for. So people will start saying to me about the eighth or ninth year mark, oh my God, you're popping up everywhere. You know, overnight you've just become like, well, that overnight success took 17 years. So that's where it's sort of really making people understand that this is a long haul journey. It's not a five minute thing. And I kind of say to them, look at mastery. So when you want to be a master of something, I think it's 10,000 hours that it takes to become a master in what you're doing. We kind of apply that into this space as well. If you're not going to be happy doing what you're doing for 10,000 hours for the next however many years, yeah, go get a job. 
oh, oh, it's not for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the data is really important. So coming back to those things and saying to them, we really need to understand A, B, C. It's not sexy. It's not sparkly and bright. No. It's not the stuff. People want the romantic stuff in business. Business is not actually that romantic. <laughs> People think, oh, I'll do this so I spend more time with my family and it's just on Instagram, it's going to happen. There is so much more involved to it than that. So once they understand those things and they start to collect the data, they can start to make decisions. And the amount of clients I've had that have said, I'm going to have a 40% off, stop. <laughs> Let's calculate what 40% off is now that you know what your real figure is and they're going, I'm losing money. <laughs> or they'll say, oh, I've done a Facebook ad and this is a live example. I've got a Facebook ad going. It's generating $25,000 a month and I'm spending 10. And I'm like, so you're only calculating your cost of the advertising? Yes. Have you put in the cost of this, 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 and do you know those numbers? No, but it's generating $25,000 a month. And I'm going, yeah, I don't reckon you're making any money. And so we did the exercise and they were losing $800 a month. Oh, yeah. So they may have been making, taking 25000 but they were making zero. They were going backwards. So this is where those numbers are really, really important so they can understand the difference as well between return on investment and return on ad spend and what that means. So once we factor all those in, so so helping people understand that data and it's the key, it's one of the keys. You can't do that without that. And if people have, it's a bit of a fluke. Yeah. And what did you do in the case of the Facebook ads? Because on paper in the ads manager, you know, reporting dashboard, it looks fantastic. But (laughs) what do you do from that perspective? Do you say, let's stop ads, look at another channel? Like, where do you go with that? This is really challenging for someone to get their head around is me saying, stop the ads. So they stop the ads and they're like, but we're now only turning over this much and not the 20. I said, but you weren't making money. And this is where it's very challenging to get their head around. Well, I'm only taking this now. I go, yes, but you're making a profit. So it's very hard because it's not a tangible thing that you can see. So it's very hard for someone to get wrap their head around that they are not making money, even though the revenue is 25,000. And it dropped dramatically. If that was, I don't know what it dropped to off the top of my head, but if it was say, let's just say it dropped to about $5,000, they're saying, I'm only taking $5,000. I go, yes, but you're making money on that. You're making nothing on that. It's hard for people to get their head around. Yeah. Man, that's such an amazing distinction. And I knew that's where you were going <laughs> to go with that. So thank you for talking about that. And they got scared. They're like, I don't stop it. The money's not going to come in. But you're losing money. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really hard one. It's like you have to retrain the brain. Yeah. And speaking of that, because I know you say, obviously, we're all wired very yeah. differently and, you know, learn different ways. How do you help people, I guess, fall in love with their numbers to the best of their ability? How do you get somebody amped up and excited about reading numbers and data? You try to work it out and explain it in a way that makes sense. Yeah. So... I went to a seminar once and I came across a person that explained it and I just was like blown away. To that point, I'd always been told I was terrible at numbers, but I'd always get things right and I was always accurate and I'm like, oh, you know, that was really my confidence was really, you know, in my feet about numbers. So I went and saw this person afterwards and said, hey, can I come and see you? And he's like, yeah, and he's actually my mentor today. So it's quite interesting. That was like five years ago. We work closely together now. Actually, he's one of the people I'm working with this new wealth creation side of things. So he was able to sit down and show the figures. So we actually break it down and explain it in a way that people understand with their figures. So being able to say, well, put this in here and can you see where this comes from? Because this is this over here. And we work through it like you would with a child. Yeah. And 
understanding my client's brain, the way their brain works is really big for that to be able to then. And that applies in karate as well. So I'm a karate instructor and and I know there's certain students that I have, but I can do it opposite. And there's other students I have to face the same way with and and do it. And there's other students that I have to stick my left hand out and because their left hand's my right arm and go, put your left hand out. Now I don't know what my left or my right is. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> understanding the way people learn and working with them and breaking it down in a way that's explaining. And if they don't understand it, then I'll go away and find out a different way to do it or find out a different way that it can be explained so they understand that relevance. And that's, you need a team of advisors in those places as well. I'm not a financial advisor. So having your accountant and having a team of people to actually help you with that side of things is also really important too. And you're saying that you're going into the wealth creation side in your business. You brought him on as an advisor. So what does that yeah. piece look like with your clients? How does that tie into it? Yeah. So it's completely separate to what I'm doing now with my clients. It's an actually invitation only program that I've joined part of. They've asked me to be part of. And it's going through. So if you're here in your business and you want to get to here in 10 years, 15 years, what strategies can you implement? So what are the options? So some people don't know what the options are. They're sort of like, well, I don't know. What are the options? Do you buy shares? Do you do property? Do you do joint ventures investment? Do you crypto? Do you book? Like, what are the options that you have? And what's the structure in which you can create that in? So using the tax system to minimize your tax as much as possible, you've got to understand the tax system, putting that in really, really simple terms, being able to have a look at that stepping stone approach again, going asset protection and all those boring things. Yeah. And not just relying on your accountant to go, oh, here's your tax return, just go and do it. Oh, yeah, just do this and you'll be fine. It's actually playing in a space with advisors and people that, that are on the ground there with you as well. So they're doing what they're teaching. And they're the experts in those areas. So working with these guys as somebody that has gone from that, you know, start something up to sale and then also create investments. And women don't tend to think about this side of things more so than men. No. And I know and I recently went through a separation. So most people sort of in that space to a lot of women can't physically go down a separation path because they can't be financially independent. So it's really, again, about supporting those people and being able to be 100% independently financial and work through what they need to do, even in partnerships or not, but so that they know exactly what's happening. Because you do get to the end of that path and go, well, what now? But if you structured it a little bit differently back here, then so much more up here, you're in a better situation to know. And it's a long game and it's not fun. Like it's boring, it's batshit, but... (laughs) It's a long game, but helping business owners understand and actually implement this information. So that's a, a long spew out for what that is. But it's not for the faint-hearted and it's not for people that are down here. Like it is for any size business, but you've got to be dedicated to the cause. So if you're not there for the long haul, it's not going to help you. It's really good because you've moved into, we've moved from numbers into advisors and having the right yeah. people in your team in this space that I don't think a lot of us, like you said, especially women, no. think about you don't think about the structure. You don't think about some of these other areas in the long haul of what you're doing yeah. with your money. So the fact that you're going into that, are you going to bring some of this knowledge back to your clients? How is this tie-in? Because I know you said it's a separate sort of thing. Well, it is an exclusive program that they use, but of course I can bring in some of those different elements back in yeah. now and the wisdom that I'm learning and I'm learning so much as well, which is really awesome and being able to say to people, so when I talk to people anyway, and I use myself as an example, so I'll be able to say to them, this is my structure and my setup, and I don't hide anything with them. I, this is what I'm working towards. And most people, again, don't even understand the basic household budget yep. or don't understand how much they spend on 
certain things during the year and those sorts of things to say, well, I need this to live on. Yep. This would be nice so I can go on a holiday. This is the magic number that I'm aiming for. So kind of break it down into three different segments and sort of work towards that. If they're not even at this stage, they're not going to get to here. So we want to be able to play in this space and go, right, well, let's understand the numbers first. So I have a spreadsheet that makes people wet their pants about how I manage my numbers. People look at it and like, oh, my gosh. My accountant, when I said to him one day, I think I need a bookkeeper, he goes, no, you don't. No, you don't. I've hacked my banking app. I've hacked my other app and it all downloads and then I upload it into this spreadsheet. I've got a great um, financial analyst that helps me with my spreadsheets. And it just spews out everywhere so I know what I calculated for what my actual spending was and where I'm at. So then I can make decisions again. We want to go away at the end of the year or I want to take time to have a baby or and I in a mum space, so a lot of people will be like, okay, I want my husband to join me in the business. Well, do you know what you need to live off, number one, and what your business needs to live off, number two, so you can make that happen? No, well, you can't make it happen until you know those figures. So if you want hubby to join you in your business, you need to understand what you need to live off what's nice to have, what you don't need, all of the things. So numbers are really important. And I've fallen in love with numbers now. So I'm really enjoying this learning about how to spew things around and what are the options here and how you do this and do that. So I can bring that back in with people now as well. So probably not to the extent as I would in that program because it's very, very methodically laid out. Yeah. But I can bring the knowledge back to people and yeah, some of them are blown away by the information. Like I haven't even thought of this. So like not many people have. So let's, you know, get more people on it. It's so important. And you are, I can tell you're totally passionate about it. So it. <laughs> no, it's so good that you have this knowledge and you want to share it with mm. more people. There's so much more people that need it. So yeah. Talk to me a little bit about what you do in moments of overwhelm when your brain, like you already said, never shuts <laughs> off anyway, but when you need to shut off for a minute. Do you have any rituals or tips or hacks or apps or, yes. or things that you can use to calm down? I do. I have a few. So understanding some of your quirky little habits. And for me, I know when I have an urge to go and change my clothing in my drawers, I know this sounds weird. So sometimes I look in my drawer and I just want to pull it out and reorganize it and fold it and put it back. And I know now that that is a sign my brain needs to come down. So that's a thing that my body is saying your nervous system needs to come down and regulate. That's one of the things I do. Sometimes it takes me eight hours. Seriously, on a Sunday, I could be just in my room unstacking, restacking drawers. But that's, to me, that's self-care. So that's about bringing my nervous system down. I also have a certificate in art therapy. So I've been doing mindfulness exercises with some of my clients. So little things like just stopping and getting like a pebble and pushing it around your page with your pen, those sorts of things. Drawing little things, you start in the middle of your page and you just sort of work, you just focus on this pen or I'm left-handed, but you can't even use the right hand. Use the other hand and doing that which resets your brain. There's things like box breathing, so where you breathe in for four, hold for four, out for four, hold for four. That brings down again, re-regulates your nervous system. Or I disappear to the forest. You'll all often see me in the forest in my, and people say, I just spend all day in the forest. I go, no, I just don't post everything else that goes on in my life. But going to the forest for me and grounding is really important. I meditate daily. I do lots and lots of little things to keep my regulation. I mean, when I'm very, very stressed and I acknowledge I'm very stressed every now and then, I'm like, down tools, not working today. I'm yeah. going to actually support my body right now. Oh, so good. And the whole thing of being in nature is huge. Everyone I've been speaking to, I'd say 50% says you've you got to get out, put your yeah. feet on the planet, you know, put them on yes. the grass, get out, breathe the fresh air. So 
Love that you said that as well. And I've been doing breath work. Yeah. Like learning how to breathe. Yeah. He's been phenomenal. I was disordered breathing without even realizing. So now my breathing is a lot better and yeah. I'm sleeping better because of it. So therefore I'm more alive during the day. Like there's so many things here. There's, I don't think that's a one, two, three answer. I think there's lots and lots of facets involved in that one. Yeah. And other people respond differently. And people sort of say to me, but I don't know how to meditate. I've tried sitting here like this in the on position. And I'm like, okay, meditation is anything where you walk around or you do that makes you go, yeah, that's meditation. So find what it is that works for you and then keep that and take note and be present in your body and, and understand how that feels when you do that. So, you know, there's lots and lots of facets. I try and do that with my, like we start off with meditation sometimes and yeah. So many good little tips. Yeah. So as we start to wrap up, I want to know, A, who you work with, and B, if they're listening to this, how do they reach out to you? So I work with small to medium business owners that want to get from here to here and don't know how to do it. They're overwhelmed. They're wearing a hundred hats. They're like, what do I do? It's like, let's work on how we can spin those plates together and how we can make it all come together to get from here to here. So I work with usually solo business owners, yeah. the ones that are doing it on their own. So I work with all of them. And they can usually via my Instagram. My website's been coming for years. <laughs> it just has been. If you message me on LinkedIn, you might not get an answer for a week. So my Instagram is my best vehicle. You know what? But case notifications on. I'm not going to have the blinking, blinking, bing, bing, bing thing on. Not my drives me crazy. So me either. I just go in and check things. But Instagram is the one that I do. That's my main platform. So just Michelle Volgrenick. Go find Michelle on Insta, you guys. If she's speaking to you of some of the things you've said, if you're overwhelmed with your numbers and you need this extra help, you've definitely got a good experience of what she's like in a very short amount of time. So reach (laughs) out to her. (laughs) Oh, gosh. As we say goodbye, any last tips or ideas for the listeners that have come up for you? Oh, gosh. Just live the life you want to live. Make it happen. Be in the moment and enjoy the ride. And, you know, I've got lots and lots of different mantras that are out there and, and affirmations. It's a mind game. Like once you master your mind, you can you can really do anything you put your mind to. But work with that space. Get the right people around you. Surround yourself with the right advisors. Surround yourself with the right people. And have fun. <laughs> You've heard it, you guys. Go out and have some fun. Put down the phone. Put down the computer. Put down the app. Step outside. Be in nature and, and have a moment. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing. You've shared so many great tips from overwhelm to numbers to yeah. you know the journey of how you work. And it's been an absolute pleasure having this chat with you guys. Head over to hustlerebellion.com to get the links to Michelle's Instagram because that's where you're going to go hang out with her. <laughs> it's a work in progress. Work in progress. Case in point that you don't need to have all the channels to be successful in business. <laughs> And the other tip would be don't wait till you're ready to start. Just get in there. You don't need all the bells and whistles. Just do it. Work with what you have at the moment. Get it done. Perfect. Love it. Just jump. (laughs) Thanks, Michelle, so much for being on the show. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. (laughs) Well, thanks for having me, Heather. I really appreciate it. Hey, Hustle Rebels. If you enjoyed tuning in, you have to check out hustlerebellion.com. It's where you get access to the special resources mentioned in these episodes and can watch the video versions. If this episode gave you a few tips to help you run your business better so you can live a more joyful life, please rate and review it and pass it along to a fellow business owner. As always, thank you for your support.